Yes, sir. And welcome to the road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks. And I want to thank you for listening to us today. But before I introduce the people that's going to help me navigate the ship, I want to tell you how you can participate with the show. You can participate by reaching us via email. That's at Road to Damascus. That's Road the Number Two Damascus at iCloud.com. Or you can reach us on the socials. We're on uh, Instagram as well as Twitter and also now on TikTok. And that's at Road to Damascus. That's Road the Number Two Damascus. Email us, follow us on the socials. Um, you can email us and tell us show ideas. You can tell us things you would like us to talk about. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us how much you don't love us. Follow us on our socials and uh, support the show. So with that being said, let's get started. Today is just going to be a, a two-man weave. Uh, <laughs> Stefan isn't with us. He's normally to my left, but he had a prior engagement. But who's with me? As always... My mentor, my friend, my partner in crime, the sage one, the great and powerful Oz, the M'Baku, to my T'Challa, <laughs> <laughs> the one, the only rabbi. Say what's up to the people, rabbi. Say what's up what's to the up people. Everybody? I love that intro. Did you? Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I saw this thing with um, uh, the guy who plays M'Baku. And he said, Mafa is what he shouts. Mm -hmm. And it interprets or means lead them. Mm -hmm. So when he said what it meant, now I really be like, Mafa. Right. Who? Right. Mafa. Lead them. Yes. So that's who you are in Baku. I'm humbled. <laughs> I'm humbled. How are you today, Rabbi? I'm good. You know, God is good. He's doing a lot right now. Oh, man. If we could share with y'all everything that God is doing. If y'all would have heard Woo. the pre, the, I should have just cut the mics on today. And y'all could have just heard um, a little bit of what we were doing. Um, and that's something that my goal for this show for this year, Shonda, is I want to start our YouTube channel recording the show so people can see our faces. Okay. And I think once they can see our faces and yeah, more of the emotion. Cause I think of like Tim Ross, yeah. like hearing his podcast is one thing, but when you see his facial expressions yeah. And, yeah. and his, his, his emotions and him crying and things like that. And other podcasts like Ruslan and things like that. But, um, so that's going to be my goal in the next couple of weeks. And, um, so that's what we're going to be doing. So I know you wonder, well, what's today's topic? And you know what <laughs> we, <laughs> it's funny. We just cut the mics on. I didn't send a topic for this week. I have went and spoke at a men's prayer breakfast. I want to thank them for inviting me out um, and allowing me to speak. I hope I was a blessing to them as much as they were a blessing to me today. And God gave me a word. But I told Shonda when I cut the mic on, something was going to come to me and something did come to me. So what I want to know, Shonda, is when God is really doing a change in something or someone, how do we know it's God? Oh, that's how you coming out? That's how I'm coming out. When God is doing a change, how do we know it's God? And I'm going to use an example. And I, Shonda's heard this example, but I'm going to use this for the listeners to catch up. And I'm going to use somebody who wasn't a Christian, but it'll make the analogy understand. There was a small-time criminal in Detroit in the late 50s named Detroit Red also known as Malcolm Little. Numbers runner, criminal, um, things like that. He went to jail. And when he was in jail, there was a conversion. And during this conversion, he went from Malcolm Little to Malcolm X. And there was a complete transformation. And when he came out, he became a powerful speaker for uh, the Nation of Islam and converted a lot of people. But the reason I bring him up is if you would have known his past, you wouldn't have accepted him as Malcolm X. If you knew Malcolm Little, you wouldn't have accepted Malcolm X. Now, how do I then turn that to the spiritual side? We know Saul. Saul was a Pharisee of Pharisees, correct? Yes. 
He was heavy within the Pharisee sect, and he was out killing and persecuting Christians. But he had a conversion on the aptly named Road to Damascus. If you knew Saul, you couldn't accept Paul. So how do we know, short of an angel coming to us like it came to Ananias and telling him, Saul is coming to you and you need to pray for him. Short of that angel coming to you, how do we know when it's God that's really making the change and not just a superficial change to pacify or run through people? So I hope that uh, analogy was uh, one that you could run with, Rabbi. Well, you, you know, I'm going to always give you my honest thoughts. And my, my honest thought is you don't really or you don't always know that change, the changes that are happening are from God going forward because you understand it in reverse. You know, you'll know after it happens when you see the results of it, like, oh, man, that was God. Because it doesn't always look like God. It doesn't always feel um, like God. Because we ask God for blessings all the time. And when we ask God for blessings, change happens. You know, and we think, I ask God for this thing specifically. And everything happens but that thing. And we don't always look. excuse me, at the changes that are happening as preparation for the thing that we've asked for. But change has to happen. It's kind of like the uh, inviting of Holy Spirit into your life. And this is a great blessing. But the changes that start to happen um, can appear and feel very chaotic. They don't really feel like blessings because the first thing Holy Spirit does when he comes in is he starts to clean it up. He starts to clean out, um, you know, for lack of a better term, the trash, the, the, the things that we've hoarded in our spirits and in our emotions. He starts to clean those things out. And we've had them for so long. We started to identify ourselves by those things. And the first thing he starts doing is snatching things that you have used to identify yourself. And it feels chaotic and you feel untethered and you feel angry and you feel stressed. And all that stuff comes to the surface because you ask for blessing. You have to be prepared for what you ask for. So you don't always know that it's God in the beginning because it doesn't feel like that. I can tell you one surefire way that you can probably identify that it's God is, is not what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's not, well, this ain't what I asked for. Oh, then it must be God. And he is so strategic and he's so thoughtful that he starts long before you even ask preparing because he sees what's about to happen. He, well, he he knew, he knew, he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Absolutely. And graced you. Right. For everything. Well, I'm, I'm since Stefan isn't here, I'm gonna shout him out because he always uses this quote. Life lived forward can only be looked that understood understood in reverse in reverse we got you Steph. we got you Steph. we got you so we're gonna we're gonna use that one for you Steph. yeah that one that one that one's for Steph, who's not with us but um so meaning like you said we have to look at the trails of the path that has brought us to our present circumstance mm-hmm. and if we don't begin to understand the present circumstance um it's hard for us to believe that this is even possible. So I brought up uh, Paul at the um, in in the analogy. So let me ask you: If you were someone in that time, and they told you, and you knew who Saul was, how would you have been? You're not Ananias, so an angel ain't came to you, right? How would you have handled that situation? I, w- I would have been terrified <laughs> because I Saul's reputation. Um, has has preceded him, you know, especially with the Christians, you know, he was killing them. And in his mind, he was justified, you know, for doing so. So um, because they were blasphemers. Right. And blasphemy was punishable by death. death. So if you're telling me Saul's coming, he's not coming to shake your hand. You know, he was the grim reaper. Right. You can change your name all you want to. No, I'm not happy about it at all. Because. 
what I know of you is not pleasant or good. So, yeah, um, no, I wouldn't have been excited to hear that Saul was coming. And, you know, the sad thing is that even after the conversion and his name's no longer Saul, but Paul, when people first heard that Paul was coming, they could not separate Saul from him in their minds, like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 what, what do you mean? Because we know what Saul used to do. Right. Call him whoever you want. We know what he used to do. So let me ask you another question. Do you think that was a, well, we know it was part of God's plan, but Saul ended up becoming the apostle for the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. The Gentiles didn't know Saul or Paul. Right. But they had heard about this Jesus. Mm-hmm. And remember when Jesus said that a man can't even be accepted in his own village. Right. So is it do you think that that was one of the reasons that Paul had to become the apostle for the Gentiles? Because too many of the Jews in that region and area already knew who he was. So it would have been hard for him to convert them anyway. I think part of it is, you know, Saul's, you know, lifestyle was relatable to the, to the Gentiles. You know, he lived a life that um, would have kept him separated from God. You know, he had a, a bad reputation. He wasn't pleasant to be around. You know, his life was full of stuff that nobody wanted, as was, you know, some of us, as was the Gentiles. So if God can convert him and change him, then him being the um, the face, you know, of salvation for the Gentiles, it would be so much easier for me to accept it because I know what you used to do. Got you. So that's yeah. But for the Jews who were already pious and 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 pompous and believed, you know, that we are, you know, God's chosen, chosen. people, and you know that your your life wouldn't really relate to me. It's like that now. People who have that personification of perfection, like they've never done anything wrong, and they, I woke up like this, you know. I woke up like this. Yeah. I, yeah. When you try to deliver the message of salvation, or when you're trying to help someone in deliverance, how how are you going to help me if you've never been through what I've been through? So I think it was very strategic of God to allow Paul's Saul's name to go out like that. And then to allow his conversion to go out like that. And then f- to say to the Gentiles, here, here's your example. Here, here's Paul. If it can happen for him, it can happen for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it, it's just because I think to myself, we live in a society today that we have cancel culture. Mm-hmm. Um, things you said 20 years ago are brought up to um, be an example of how you may feel today. Um, old tweets, old um, college papers. You know, I remember they brought up some paper that uh, I think uh, First Lady Michelle Obama had wrote in college and and things like that. You know, we just try to use these type of things. So it's like we don't even allow for growth anymore in right. Christ. We don't allow for people to, to grow and to understand um, the errors of their ways. We almost just keep them in that space like, no, no, stay there. No, keep that same energy right right there. I don't want to think you no different. I don't want to believe you change. It would be hard for us to accept a Malcolm X. It would be hard for us to be like, you talking about that dude used to be out here running numbers? Right. Petty criminal? Mm -hmm. And now he talking about living a a pious life and being humble and, and and Allah and all that other stuff, yeah. Okay, brother. Right. What's the hustle? Right. A lot of changes have happened to get us from where we were to where we are now. Like I'm not the same person I was when I was in college. You know what I mean? And proximity, you know, to to situations, you know, what you see and what you hear in your environment, all of that affects how you think and what you believe. You know, it takes a um, a really, you know, for lack of a better term, a really woke individual to scrap how they think 
to learn what's happening now. How do I really feel? So that I'm not always just cloaked in what I've been taught to think and trained to think and how I've been trained to feel because there's only the thing and how you feel about it. So how do I really feel? So that's going to change over time. When I was 25, how I felt about something then is going to be very different at 50. You know, and if it is the same, shame on you. Shame, shame, you know, shame. Shame on you that you haven't grown or changed in 25 years. You know, it's going to happen. We all evolve. Absolutely. We evolve as people. Like you said, um, the mentality um, that we have. I, I was having a, um, a conversation with uh, my dad's wife's daughter, uh, me and my brother. And we were talking about the proliferation of these podcasts that come out now that are pitting men against women and they call them red pill podcasts. Okay. And I just asked her, you know, how do you feel about that? And her conversation and listening to her talk, I mean, she's 19 years old mm. and listening at her talk, her perspective sounded like somebody who was 19 years old, who hasn't really experienced anything. Cause I told her, I said, the funny thing to me is, is these podcasts are being run by people in their early twenties who have not lived a life. Right. But will tell people how men are, how women are, right. how relationships had are. Had your heart broken. Yet. Right. You know, you, you still trying to figure out how to wash your clothes. Right. How to separate your laundry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But you're going to tell me about relationships and how right. men are and how women are and what they're looking for and how they experience life. And you shouldn't deal with this type of person. You, At the end of the day, do what makes you happy. Right. Like right now at, at, at 19 to 25, you probably want somebody who's six foot four, you know, who has uh, a six pack abs. Oh, making uh, the no. By the time you get 50. No, no, no. I, I joked with her. I told her, I said, I said, let me, I said, I know what kind of guy you like. And she said, really, what kind? I said, you want to, I said, you want a future type. And she started laughing. I said, but see, y'all want the personification of future, but you want him to be like Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. And she started laughing and was like, yeah, I mean, you, because y'all, y'all, y'all want that. And it's this comedian um, named Carlos in with 85 South. And he said, women want a man that is a bad boy, but he love his mama. He from the streets, but he don't cheat. Mm -hmm. He got a a house, got a, a, a summer house in Atlanta, but he he available all the time. He don't work a nine to five, but he making a million dollars. You know, like all of these things. Right. But it's like, but he also got to love Jesus. You know, it's like there are certain things yeah. like one, you're never going to find anybody perfect, but it's like you want this bad boy. Mm -hmm. But you want him to be a good boy. A good boy. Yeah. That's not right. It's like Future got eight baby mamas. You he was good at least eight times. Right. Yeah, but I mean, you understand what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, I do. you want that? So it's just trying to get people to understand, like, uh, the mentality of people that age. Right. You and have things to like evolve. that. If your body has no choice but to go through changes as you age. Why would you think your mind wouldn't? Like, why would you try to stop your mind from evolution if your body has no choice but to change? Like, your mind's going to change. You're going to be exposed to new things. You know, if you live, you know, in an eight-mile area, you know, the way you think and reason and the way you interpret things is going to be different from, some, from a world traveler. Absolutely. So you have to allow space for experience. Absolutely. And and it's funny because I'll take us, for instance. Like, if you knew the churches that I went to growing up, yeah, you wouldn't think that I have the mindset and mentality I have. Right. Because the churches I went to were very staunch and very religious Absolutely. thinking. Women dressed a certain way. You couldn't sing and wear pants like you weren't on the stage in the choir singing right and you had pants on your no. skirt had to come to your ankles um i went to a church where the women had to have their hair covered if they were doing anything for the church they had to wear the cover um not the complete cover but almost like a little small covering over their head and things like that so the churches that i came out of 
were very staunch and religious about certain things. But I changed. Right. I evolved because I did what Saul did. I just got into a space where it was nothing but me and Jesus and let him teach me. Yeah. And then you, the lifestyle that you lived at one point, the things that you did. And now when people see you because of how your hair is cut and things like that, well, she used to be in a relationship with the same sex. And then she still got her hair cut a certain way. Like, uh, you sure there's been a change? You sure? You, you sure? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like people will have those preconceived notions. So let me ask you, do you find that sometimes people have a hard time accepting a message coming from you? You know, I I probably should say yes, but I don't. Um, I remember when I felt like nobody's going to hear, nobody's going to want to hear what I have to say to now people want to pay me to come in and say whatever it is I need to say. Pay that man his you know, money. <laughs> just they don't but, care, right? You know um, what you look like if the message is what it needs to be. You know now, as there there are still people who have preconceived notions. You know uh, about what what you look like if you're gonna do certain. If, you know if you if you're in a same sex relationship or if you're in a gay man, then you if you're a gay man, you look like this. All gay men aren't feminine, right? You know, all gay men are not trans you know gender they don't all try to dress like women or look like women or have feminine mannerisms or characteristics you know you all all uh lesbian women are not masculine you know with short hair and every woman with the short hair you know is not a, a lesbian so even the bible says judge not according to appearance but judge righteously and how can you judge righteously if you don't sit down and have a conversation or how can you judge righteously if what's in your own heart is evil and wicked you know, and I think if we reserve judgment for ourselves, it'll be so much easier for truth and knowledge to flow to us. Amen. Amen. See, so y'all just saw in real time that she be dropping these nuggets when the when the when the spirit just connect to her, they it just start to flow. It just like 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 waters that never run. <laughs> The only relationship we should be worried about is our relationship with God. You know, how's your relationship with God? And I'm going to know that you're spend, spending time with God when you open up your mouth. Because whatever is happening in there is going to come out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so I guess I just wonder to myself, though, because, and and and, and let me be clear about this. I'm not saying because... We know that people will try to deceive by making you believe that they are changed or there has been a conversion. But the Bible says you tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Right. So, and I'm going to use this as an example and only as an example. If I know somebody has been a criminal and I know somebody who has been one who has um, been fraudulent mm -hmm. and that person starts a church. And they don't have many members at their church, but they're wearing $10,000 Louis Vuitton suits and driving $100,000, $200,000 cars. Mm -hmm. And they have half a million dollars in jewelry on. I think it's safe to say that maybe there hasn't been the fullness mm -hmm. of change that we would expect. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because there was a certain situation where there was a, a man who claimed to be a man of God, had a church, and was very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Showy right. about his lifestyle and his wife's lifestyle mm -hmm. and things like that. He's recently been arrested right. and charged with fraud and disfrauding um, elderly people of their money and things like that. So... Again, there still has to be, even when someone tells you that, one, typically people, when God is changing them, they don't tell you that the God has changed them. Right. You just you, see it. You just see it. Right. You just see it. See, remember, and, and I think you brought this up on a previous podcast uh, before, Rabbi, but when God cursed the tree, 
I think sometimes we miss why he cursed the tree. He cursed the tree because the tree was bearing fruit out of season. Mm -hmm. So it was deceiving you to make you think that it was something that it wasn't. So again, you could tell a tree about if I'm just, I'm just saying, I, let me hit the horn for myself on that one. Let me just, let me just, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The tree, the tree was deceiving them. Yeah. It was, it was springing fruit out of season. So why is it doing that? Is it good to eat that fruit? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right. You know, if you ever had, uh, you know, a, a piece of watermelon out of season, it ain't good. I can tell you that <laughs> right now. It ain't good. You know, I th and I think one of the, one of the other things that that people are really deceived about is that everybody is going to care about the things that they care about. That's not going to happen. Everybody's not going to care about the same things that you care about. Like you will have a um, within a church. Let's just say you have a church. It has fifty members. Maybe ten of those members are going to care about what that church actually looks like. You know, they're going to care, you know, if there's a tear in the carpet. You know, they're going to care, you know, if, they, if the, the wood is starting to splinter, you know, in the, in the pews. They're going to care, you know, if there's enough coffee for everybody. You know, they're going to care if you have donuts after Sunday school. I, I don't. But they're going to care. Then you'll have, you know, those other members who are going to come. They love God. Like, I, I, they love God just like the 10, you know what I mean? But I don't care if there's a tear in the carpet because I'm not here for the carpet. I'm here, you know, for the presence. Does that make them wrong? You have Mary and Martha. You have one who, you know, tended to Jesus, one who was tending to the other things. Neither of them is wrong. You know what I mean? We don't all have to like and have to care about the same thing. It was four different gospels. Thing. They saw four different things, right. four different ways to tell it because your perspective right perception and the way you see it is different than mine the way we're sitting right now right i can't see behind me right but so I if can. so if you're telling a story mm -hmm. your story is based on my vantage point your and my story is told from my vantage point absolutely but neither of us are wrong we're in the same place we're just facing different directions so how dare i judge your vantage point when I can't see it. And I think that's what we do. And let me clarify something that may make, you know, a few people clutch their pearls. But all of us who have the Holy Spirit, it didn't fall into a clean vessel. So. So let's just dispel that right now. You didn't get the Holy Ghost because you were good. You know, Holy Spirit didn't fall on into a clean vessel. It fell into a raggedy, nasty vessel that was like a filthy rag that needed to be cleaned. And any of the cleaning that has been done has been done by him or has been inspired by him or unctioned by him. So none of us, none of us have the right to sit in judgment of another person and their process or how long it's taken or whatever we think about it. What we should be doing is you need to reel in your thoughts about other people and focus all the attention on why you're so focused on what somebody else is doing. Because the fact that you're so focused on what's happening outside of you shows that there's a deficit inside of you. Well, that would even add, and I was going to ask this because when we say, how do we know if God is making a change? You can watch the process happen right. firsthand, meaning what? Um, if I was one who struggled with things with my flesh, whether it be drug abuse and um, self-control and things like that, and all of a sudden it goes from, if I used to drink every day, Shonda, mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit falls upon me, and now I'm like, I'm drinking only one day a week. Now, some people be like, but you're still drinking. Mm -hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Do you understand I drank seven days a week? Right. I'm down to one. It's a process. Don't mean that God ain't processing in me. Right. But it means that there is a process. When we plant a seed, there is a season where that seed is in a dark, damp place. Mm -hmm. And you don't get to see what's happening to the seed. Right. And then after that season of being in the dark, damp place, mm -hmm. it begins to sprout. Right. 
and even when it begins to sprout, if 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 there isn't a a process of time, if I go mess with that, it's not rooted enough that it can't be damaged. Mm-hmm. So even that process begins to take time. Right. A mighty oak or a mustard seed tree didn't start off as that huge tree. Right. It started off as a small seed. Mm-hmm. And there was a process along the way. Process. And a long one. A long process. We don't want people to take a long time to, you know, if you were in a relationship with um, a, another man, it wouldn't matter to me that you loved him. It would matter to me, like, how much do you love God? Because if we can perfect the relationship between you and God, he can deal with every other relationship connected to you. Every connection to you that don't need to be there, God. Holy Spirit can move it. I am a witness. There have been relationships in my life with people that I loved and cared about, but I gave, you know, got permission to make changes. And I knew that I was going different places and everybody can't go. They fell off. Everybody, you ain't got to cut off. They're going to fall off, you know, and you might not recognize the changes that God is making in me. You might not recognize the changes that God is making in somebody else. But I can guarantee you, you ought to recognize the changes he's making in you. And that should be your concern. Just always dropping nuggets on us. But it, but it's true. It's true. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to worry about our own process. Absolutely. And not the other person's process. The Bible says, let the wheat and the tear grow together. Mm-hmm. He'll do the separating. Right. We have to quit trying to do God's job for him. Because he's, he's well able to do his job. But, you know, you got people out there with special wheat-separating gloves. You know, they, they have invested <laughs> a lot of money in these gloves. And they know how to separate the wheat. And that's their goal. You know, I, I know what I'm doing. But, but you don't. You can see what people do. You cannot see the why. And when you get over, when you put yourself over in the this is a job for Jesus pile, you're going to make a mistake every time. So let me ask you, with the job for Jesus, (laughs) I like that. I'm going to steal that from you, just so you know. I'm going to steal that one. Um, But so, again, when we were talking about the process and the tree and and it growing and, and how it needs to be stable in its roots, and all of that, why do you think that there are certain things, and I think I asked this on the previous podcast when our pastor was on here, how is it that we get so caught up sometimes when some things, the things in the Bible that are gray, I'm willing to have those discussions, Sean. I really, I am. Because at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong. Mm -hmm. There's only my opinion and your opinion. Right. Now, if your opinion just sounds super crazy, I might just be like, oh, okay, and just keep it to moving. I won't even have a discussion with you. But right. if if you seem like we in the same ballpark, I'm willing to have those discussions. But some things are black and white. And, and again, I'm going to ask this like I asked before. Why is it that we have such a problem with the things that are just black and white? Mm-hmm. The Bible says, let the wheat and the tear grow together. The Bible says, tell a tree by the fruit of beard. The Bible says, do not judge based on appearance. Like these are simple truths and facts. Mm-hmm. But yet we judge what? Based on appearance. We we judge other people based on what we think and what we see or what we hear and not even know them. Like I can look at you and may have a pre- preconceived notion, but the minute I get to talk to you, all of that's wiped away. Even when Paul showed up to his first meeting with the apostles, Paul just wanted to sit back and see how they was operating. Mm -hmm. And once he saw how they was operating, he's like, oh, okay, I I can't deal with (laughs) y'all. Like, like Paul figured out real quick. Mm -hmm. Like he didn't, he didn't come in there with a preconceived notion. Right. He came in there to fellowship and worship and say, all right, let's get this work done. And then after about 15, 20 minutes, he's like, wait, Y'all still on this? See, Paul Paul knew his life. Paul knew his life as Saul. 
Okay. He knew his life as Saul. He knew what he had done and he had experienced that that um Damascus Road conversion. So I ain't got no preconceived notions. I know exactly what what I was. I know what happened on this road when God struck me blind and how I had to go to get my sight back. I know how I was in this school, you know, with, with, with God. I, I got it. So when he walks into a room full of people who haven't had that experience, I don't have any preconceived notions because I just believe God. You got all these people who've been walking with God all this time and they think they know everything. They think they got it all together. But your heart is still full of judgment because you think you're right. Jesus never, ever was trying to point people to who's right. He was trying to get them to see what's right. That's the issue we still have today. We have issues in the natural with black and white. How do we think that's not going to transfer over into how you do anything? It's how you do everything. It's how you do everything. You have to be willing to be wrong in order to experience truly being right. And most people aren't willing to be. That's heavy. That's heavy. I don't mind being wrong. I know I'm wrong. Yeah. At least once a day. Yeah. And I know I was told if loving you is wrong, I don't <laughs> want to be, be right. right. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no, I like that. I like that. Um, I just... It's just sometimes for me, um, and I can only speak for me, in my walk, I've tried to be one who has not had preconceived notions. Because, like, again, I grew up in the apostolic Pentecostal church mm -hmm. where all we did was judge folks. They still doing it. Oh, no, I know they still doing it. I'm not doing it anymore. Right. But I try, I, even when I find myself sometimes, and it's funny because I can find myself looking at, someone or something and feel that that old itch mm -hmm. wanting to come and I got to catch myself okay. and be like no who, no 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 listen to what they got to say first mm -hmm. before you come up with a conclusion right of what you may think because you either are going to, like like a, a wise sage I know says be thought a fool then to open <laughs> your mouth and remove all doubt <laughs> So I can I can yeah. think you a fool, yeah. but then when you open your mind, oh okay okay. Yeah. So my my first mind was right. Yeah. I mean, you understand what yeah. I'm saying? It's like yeah. some people will validate any and everything you thought about them, mm -hmm. and but let them do it. You know, let them do it because our job is people. Right, like that's our entire job. Your whole business is people, and and souls. The conversion of souls. How do you convert a soul that you do not love? You Absolutely. cannot. So, so, so last question then, before we get to the block is hot. Last question. If we want change, if the, the, the calling, the great commission is to, for people to change, then why do we act so shocked when we begin to see the change? Think about, like, this is what this topic is based on. The Great Commission is to bring souls to the kingdom. Mm -hmm. We want to see the, 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 the person who was on crystal meth restored. We want to see the person who used to come and steal money from our grandmother, our, our cousin, who was on drugs, stealing from granny, purse, mm -hmm. come to Jesus. We want to see all of that. But the minute they tell you they didn't came to Jesus, you've been praying for them to come to Jesus. You've been praying for that change. And the minute the change happens, mm -hmm. no, nah, this ain't, this ain't. Because this ain't. When, when people change for real, it make people who've been talking about change look bad. Because <laughs> the same person who will say, I want the people on crystal meth to be delivered, you got packets of crystal meth stationed around your area so that they really don't get free. Because people who really get free make people who talk about freedom look in bondage like they really are. So if you really want change and you really want to see change, you got to change. You got to accept the fact that the people who look the least likely to be able to get the job done are sometimes the most anointed for it. 
You got to be able to accept that. You can't just talk about it. You got to be it. It sounds good to talk about until you really face with the real thing. It reminds me of um, Steve Martin and Leap of Faith when they were going around town, you know, oh, yeah. with this little church service. And then one day they encountered a real situation and it scared them half to death. All of them. Even like, him. Right. He, he thought like, oh. he was getting con. Right. He was like this. This 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 the real deal. Like it can't really happen. Most people who tout change don't really believe in it. They just talk about it because you get more money. You captivate more people. If you make them, you know, think that they can change, but they don't have to really change. Just think Just that you believe. Can. You just believe that right. you can be changed. You sound good. Right. Ooh, this sound feel good. What? I ain't gotta be like this. But then you come in here and everybody's still just like that. But we still talking about it. So great. No, no, no. When somebody really change then you look bad they because they when they really change they can see who you really are not and people don't like because you you weren't the agent of change anyway, anyway. god was always the agent it of change never it's never you it's, it's always, always god, god. It's always God. It's always God. That's why I love you. <laughs> it's always God. It's always God. And the minute we realize that we're lost without him, mm-hmm. that is not he. Because when you even say it, it makes me, and I'll use this analogy. We talk about this country and the f- fact that we don't have free health care. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to come up with cures. We just want you to be sick enough mm-hmm. that you keep coming back. Right. There is no money in the cure. No. There's only money in you coming back. Absolutely. So you let me treat these pills. Let me keep treating mm-hmm. what you have. So are you just sick enough that you're not well, but you well enough that you're not sick, mm-hmm. but you just need me. So you keep coming back. Right. If I preach about hope, and I preach about change, but you don't change. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep coming back until that change happens. Until you relapse like like the other people on, on drugs. Hope is a drug. And even the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you can keep talking about this hope and that there's no production of it. Then what are you going to attach your faith to? What? We got to be more than talk. We got to be more than talk. Got to be more than talk. And like I said at the men's prayer breakfast, action. Action. Love is a verb. I told them at the men's prayer breakfast, and I'll say this before we go to block is I told them at the men's prayer breakfast, I said, because somebody asked me, he said, well, you're talking about transactional versus relationship. He said, how do we get the church to be in the change? Because you brought up prosperity gospel. And I said, how do we begin to change? It's through action. I said, when Jesus spoke to the, the 5,000, when he really started to speak, what did they do? They started to disperse and walk away. But why did they start following him in the first place? Because of his actions. Mm-hmm. They saw the miracles. Right. They saw the lepers that were healed. They saw the lame that was healed. They saw the blind that was healed. Not only that, they saw and were privy to a miracle that they didn't even know was happening when he fed them with the fish and the loaves. He, imagine I'm sitting here, Shonda, Mm -hmm. and I'm receiving the fish and the loaves to eat. It's tangible. I can eat it. I can feel it. I can smell it. It's delicious. I didn't even know there was a miracle that took place, that I am eating something that was divinely given to me. Right. When I was drinking the wine at the wine feast, I didn't know that the wine that I was drinking was divinely made where he just filled the things up with water, prayed over them. Mm -hmm. And then the wedding feast person said, oh, y'all normally say the bad wine for the end because everybody drunk. Right. But y'all didn't save the good wine for the end. So at the end of the day, it has to be something tangible. There has to be action. Mm -hmm. Don't ask for something. And then when it happens, you scared that it happened. You weren't prepared. Me and Shonda had a conversation this week. And for y'all that's listening, I think the lottery was up to like one point something billion dollars. 
Yeah. And I said to Sean, I said, it's a lot of people praying for that money, but they get that money and now they don't know what to do. Right. It's easy to say what you're going to do when you don't have it. Mm-hmm. But once you have it, so you're praying and asking for change, but once the change happens, now you have to look at the reality of the situation. God is real. Right. Jesus is real. And like that movie with Steve Martin. Yeah. When that boy walked, mm-hmm. that wasn't walking. He gave it all up. I can't run this con no more. Right. Because it's become real. Absolutely. I know he's real. And then it started raining. Because that's what the miracle they was praying for right. was the rain. Absolutely. The boy was just a precursor mm-hmm. to the real miracle. And usually that's how it is. They're precursors to the miracle where you have to participate. Your participation is required in your miracle. And when the change really happened, is one of two things is going to show up. Either your fear or your faithfulness. Absolutely. I like that. Let me hit the for myself. Let me hit that for myself. No, it's going to show up as your fear or your faithfulness. So. I enjoy our conversations. Did I tell you that? I love you. I love you, man. This is We we be going in. Yeah. So you got something for the block is hot? I know you got something. Well, you know what? I when you were talking about the the bishop whose church was, you know, robbed and he was arrested not too long ago. And you know what? I, I'll tell you the thing that that frustrated me about him and, and some others. When when you declare yourself to be a a representative of Christ. Your character is going to be exposed. And either it's going to be the character of Christ or it's going to be bad. Like he has displayed such bad character. And let me say this, and this is probably an unpopular opinion that it doesn't matter what you have, doesn't matter how much money you have, I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care how gifted you are. If your character don't match it, it's not going to last. The time, it's going to be put on display. The exposure is going to expose you. Who you really are is going to be revealed. And he has just irritated me for being a bad representative of what he has declared. You cussing, you all online going back and forth with people just because they say something about you, they go talk about you. You are going to be talked about, whether you know it or not. There are people talking about you right now that you don't know. But, hey, if you get yourself in line with God, he'll, you'll, he'll make you privy to conversations that happen when you're not even in the room. So you're not taken aback by those things. Be who you say you are. I'm so sick of people not being who they say they are. And the one thing we withhold from people that we say we love is truth. And we just let them be out here bad, and we don't tell them the truth because we don't want to be mad, and we don't want to lose them. I will escort you out. (laughs) I'm going to tell you the truth so that you can get the help that you need. Be who you say you are. If you don't want this thing, if you don't want to be in it, get out. You're not a hostage. Christianity is not a hostage situation. I mean, you're a prisoner, but not a hostage. You're a willing prisoner. Because the, the gate, the bars is open. The door is open. You and at any and point, out, you, you can, can leave. And, and he'll welcome you back when you come back. You never right. you never scorned or shame for leaving. So, yeah, that, that's mine. It just irritates me when, when people say they're one thing and they consistently do something else whenever the heat is on. When the light hits you, it's going to expose all your dark spots. How are you going to handle it when it happens? So clean that stuff up now. Take care of your business before you hit that level. That's what all the change is for. That's why we all evolving. That's why there's all this word that's happening, all this wisdom of God and word of knowledge floating around. But you want to be online acting a fool for what? If that's all you got, not just him, I don't care. If that's all you got, shut your little page down. Just shut it down. Okay. Absolutely. I'm out. I'm out so, there. no, no, no. So, my um, block is hot. So, you might have already, um, you might have already seen this. Um, but I, I just saw it for the first time this week. Honk for Jesus. Oh, the, the, that's likely, uh, the Eddie Long story, so to speak. So, yeah, I saw it. 
Um, I just had a chance to watch this and I had so many emotions after watching the movie. Um, none of them positive. Um, we have to stop allowing ourselves to be a part of, I, let me say it this way. I am one who will be very, very critical of the church. Because there are some things that needs to be criticized. But there are more people that are really trying to love God and do what's right. Do we always do what's right? No. No. But they're trying to do what's right. And I rarely see movies or television shows where the people of God, the Christians, are ever shown in a positive light. And it's becoming frustrating because I am a a fan of three of the actors that was in that movie. Regina King, um, the husband, I can't think. Regina Hall. Regina Hall, excuse me. Sterling K. Brown. Sterling K. Brown. And then the the woman who played the wife of the other pastor. The brown-skinned um, woman. I cannot think of her name. I saw it a while back, so I can't remember. Hold on. I'm just pulling up. You know, this is a, a podcast, but we're a little live as we're doing this. Um, but I had sent her to Stephanie because Nicole Bahari. Okay. Nicole Bahari. Yeah. So I'm a fan of hers as well. So, but I know most of these people probably at some point was grew up in the church, raised in the church. And again, we can make jokes and have, make fun of certain things, but the representation, the only movie that I ever saw that rep showed a, a, a close to, good representation of the struggle and all that we go through was with um the apostle okay um our pastor's favorite movie with um robert duvall mm -hmm. it showed a man of faith and losing his church and the struggle he dealt with but how even through all this struggle he went back to who he was right. so i, I just want to say like can we please stop allowing ourselves to be shown as as clowns because that's how when when you like, oh, the movie was cute it wasn't trying to be this it wasn't trying but it still goes out as a representation mm -hmm. of what it's like to be a Christian and I'm just I'm not for that so that is uh, this week's version of the block is hot and I apologize if I, I'm if you if that movie is old and you like oh, you just not bringing it I just not saw it so. I mean, I'm just putting that out there. So we gonna um, get ready to close out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let Shonda um, say her closing, and instead of me saying my closing, what I am going to do is I am actually going to close the show because when this show drops, it'll be Martin Luther King Day. Okay. So I'm gonna let Dr. King close us out. Okay. So I have a little message from him. That is going to be our closing, but go ahead, Rabbi. Okay. Um, as I said earlier, none of us received um, Holy Spirit into a clean vessel. So, you know, we, we all have to go through changes. We all have to be, um, you know, instructed. We all have to be um, willing to change. You know, so don't count yourself out when you're in a rough time. If you find yourself in a rough time, you know, look at it as this is part of the change. This is part of my process. You know, this is not the end. And um, I'll say it like this because I'm sure that there are quite a few people in the midst of a tough time right now. Um, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time aren't worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Understand that there is always a purpose and a meaning behind everything that you go through. Um, I saw it written in a book that I'm reading that despair is suffering minus meaning. So look for the meaning in everything you go through. It won't decrease your suffering, but it will definitely decrease your despair. Amen. Amen. Look at her. Look at her folks. That's off the dome. That was with no study, but, um, Again, this will be the last time you hear my voice other than the closing of the show. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, and I just want to close out with the message of hope from 
um, a man who was very instrumental in, in the lives of us being where we are as black people, and that's Dr. King. So I'll let him close us out. If you will let me be a preacher just a little bit. One day, one night a juror came to Jesus. He wanted to know what he could do to be saved. Jesus didn't get bogged down on the kind of isolated approach of what you shouldn't do. Jesus didn't say, now Nicodemus, you must stop lying. He didn't say, Nicodemus, now you must not commit adultery. He didn't say, now Nicodemus, you must stop cheating if you are doing that. He didn't say, Nicodemus, you must stop drinking liquor if you are doing that excessively. He said something altogether different because Jesus realized something basic. That if a man will lie, he will steal. And if a man will steal, he will kill. So instead of just getting bogged down on one thing, Jesus looked at him and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. In other words, your whole structure must be changed. A nation that will keep people in slavery for 244 years will thingify them and make them thing. Therefore, they will exploit them and poor people generally, economically. And a nation that will exploit economically will have to have foreign investments and everything else, and it will have to use its military might to protect them. All of these problems are tied together. What I'm saying today is that we must go from this convention and say, America, you must be born again. So I conclude by saying today that we have a task and let us go out the divine dissatisfaction. Let us be dissatisfied until America will no longer have a high blood pressure of creeds and an anemia of deeds. Let us be dissatisfied until the tragic walls that separate the outer city of wealth and comfort from the inner city of poverty and despair shall be crushed by the battering rams of the forces of justice. Let us be dissatisfied until they live on the outskirts of hope, brought into the metropolis of daily security. Let us be dissatisfied until slums are cast into the junk heaps of history and every family will live in a decent sanitary home. Let us be dissatisfied until the dark yesterdays of segregated schools will be transformed into bright tomorrows of quality integrated education. Let us be dissatisfied until integration is not seen as a problem, but as an opportunity to participate in the beauty of diversity. Let us be dissatisfied until men and women, however black they may be, will be judged on the basis of the content of their character, not on the basis of the color of their skin. Let us be dissatisfied. Let us be dissatisfied until every state capital be housed by a governor who will do justly, who will love mercy, and who will walk humbly with his God. Let us be dissatisfied. Until from every city hall, justice will roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Let us be dissatisfied till that day when the lion and the lamb shall lie down together. And every man will sit under his own vine and fig tree and none shall be afraid. Let us 
be dissatisfied. Men will recognize that out of one blood, God made all men to dwell upon the face of the earth. Let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will shout white power, when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. And with that being said, thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until thank you, until next time, thank you for listening. We'll be back and God bless.